Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Invisible World with your host, Frank Todaro. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to a special drop-in episode of The Invisible World on this January 29th, 2015. I'm your host, Frank Todaro. Now tonight, we're going to experiment with something a bit different here. Last week, The Invisible World had a live show over at the People's Improv Theater, which, first of all, might I say, was... Pretty damn amazing. Thank you to everyone who came out. I I had a blast. I hope you guys did too. Even cooler though is this. After the show, I got a chance to talk to some of you guys out front in the bar area where with my trusty audio equipment in hand, several of you folks shared your stories with me. There were some really interesting tales I heard that night. So what we're going to do now is throw some of those up here so you can hear from the mouths of those who experienced them the strange tales that they shared with me. Now, the stories really ran the gamut, as you will see. One interesting thing to note, and I think we're going to start here, is that we actually had one of the news stories from the previous episode sort of fleshed out, so to speak, by someone who grew up in that area. It was the uh, CCTV footage of an, an alleged entity in an Ohio high school You guys probably all saw it on the Facebook page or through YouTube by now. So let's kick things off with that tale from Josh. About a couple weeks ago, a video came forward about a a ghost sighting in Pocatello High School. And what had happened is the reason they saw this ghost was because the, the security cameras didn't necessarily... I mean, it did pick up the ghost... But the reason they noticed it, like the reason they checked the footage in the first place, was because the lights, the electricity went on and off, but like kind of like in a in weird phases where one light would go on, one light would go off. So when they watched the footage, they looked at it closely. It's dead, dead, dead honest truth. On the video, you can see what looks to be like a human being walking out of the girls' bathroom, walking around the lockers, and then walking into the hallway again. And again, you can look this up online. This is all true. And there were two ghost hunters or go, uh, ghost uh, uh, people who investigated ghost sightings uh, in the area and they said in, in the X number of years that they had worked they had never seen anything so authentic because it wasn't edited it was closed circuit TV so it wasn't edited it was straight off of the monitors and they said it was the most authentic thing they've ever seen and the one, one of the main arguments is that Pocatello High School has been known for years to be haunted because of all the terrible things that have kind of happened around it. Um, it's over 100 years old. It's one of the oldest buildings in the city. Um, and a really quick brief background about Pocatello. Pocatello is a... is a Oh, sorry, I can hold... I, I don't know to hold that. Um, Pocatello is a... Uh, uh, the city came about because of uh, Union Pacific Railroad. 
so it was a, a really rough town. It was started, uh, like, you know, the train would come through, and it was a lot of train workers, and, like, so there was a lot of, like, kind of gambling and, you know, kind of a lot of, a lot of pubs and bars and stuff, and people were very... So it was a rough town, so a lot of a lot of people did end up getting killed in the old days in Pocatello, um, a lot of railroad guys. And the railroad is actually a lot... The railroad tracks are literally, up, you know, really close to Pocatello High School, so... Having said that, and that being the high school, there's probably a lot of stuff around that. Again, um, one of the most recent things and the most tragic things, actually, is uh, a young woman was actually murdered uh, who went to that school uh, about, gosh, I want to say like five or six years ago. Um, and Now, that's something that we haven't heard about in most of the accounts. So five or six years ago, there was a murder there. Yeah, yeah, there was. Uh, and and if you look up Pocatello, Idaho, uh, murder, uh, teenage girl, you'll find all the information. I don't want to give uh, any names because I, I don't want to disrespect the families. But I will say that if you look it up, you'll find the information. And um, anyway, the the creepiest thing is, is oddly enough, a very brief story, I found a video of the these two killers who killed this girl. I found it on Netflix because there's a documentary that documents their life uh, behind bars. And um, in this documentary, uh, it shows some of the actual footage of them filming her in the hallway, which I'm wondering is the same hallway where they had the sighting. I don't know. That's just speculation. But it very well could be. But they filmed her the days that, that she was murdered. And they also filmed right after she was murdered, and they filmed actually the murder, and I don't think they have the footage out for understandable reasons, which is, I'm so glad they don't, but, so, the reason I say all this is because there probably is a, I mean, there's a lot of traumatic things that have happened around that school, near that school, and even in that school that could necessitate something, maybe, Um, but even the principal has said that he's heard stories from teachers of doors closing, lights going on and off. Um, even sightings. They said there was a woman who had her two kids in the in the gymnasium, and they were playing basketball while she was doing some some work. She was a teacher, and they were playing basketball. And then she all of a sudden heard the basketball stop. Like they weren't playing basketball anymore. And this is dead this is dead honest truth. You can look it up online. It's all true. Uh, which is so funny to say. You can look it up online. It's all true. But you can look up the document uh, documented case about this. Anyway, so she said, uh, I went in there, and my boys were sitting on the ground in the middle of the basketball court, and they weren't playing basketball. I said, what's going on? Why aren't you playing basketball? And they pointed up to the rafters, and they said, that man sitting up in the rafters yelled at us and said to stop playing basketball in here. And she looked up, and there was nobody there. And so, and she was, like I said, she was on a week. it was on a weekend, and nobody was in there. So... I, you know, if any place in Pocatello, where I'm from, is going to be haunted, certainly Pocatello High School is probably one of, if not the place, to have something, some paranormal activity happen there. So it's pretty scary. Not a bad way to kick off the program. So that was Josh Hurley, so you know. He's a local actor, uh, performs a lot at the pit itself, where the show was, and actually helped out with the show that night. With, uh, with some of the uh, tech stuff. So thank you very much, Josh. But there you have it. Some possible explanations to what might have sort of kind of potentially have caused what we saw in that footage. So pretty interesting. Moving forward here, we have a story from listener Anka. 
let's just get right into it, shall we? Okay, so one night I'm sleeping next to my boyfriend, which is what I do every night. And I open my eyes, and I look up above me, and there is a witch hovering, like, right in the middle of us. And she's looking from side to side, like, at me, and then she's looking at my boyfriend, and then she's looking at me, then she's looking at my boyfriend. And then I start, like, nudging my boyfriend to wake up, and I'm like, wake up, wake up, like, you gotta see this shit. And, um... He doesn't wake up, so then I got up on my side, and she was like, she was still behind me, and then she came around me, and my mouth opened, and she like went in my body. So, about, I want to say two weeks later, I woke up, I opened my eyes, it was in the morning, so the room was lit up, and there's like a wizard, dressed in robes, just standing in the middle of the bedroom staring at me and I was staring back at him and I was like, screw this and I went back to bed. Interesting story. Not something you normally hear about in this day and age. Witches and wizards and whatnot appearing in people's bedrooms. Now, usually you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you see a gray alien or a shadow person or a strange cloaked man or someone wearing a fedora, something of the like. Anka went on to tell me uh, some of the research she did into the issue and the various books that she got, stores she went to. Interesting addendum to this story was that the author of one of the books that she got, it was pictured on the back, was apparently the same person who she said was standing in her room that night. It's curious. I wonder if this is not a case of uh, filling in the gaps, or perhaps Anka, who I might add also contributed another story uh, a couple years ago, if you guys are playing at home, to one of our campfire episodes. Perhaps Anka has some sort of extra connection to see things out of order, so to speak. Of course, if that's correct, then she wouldn't have gone searching for those books unless she actually saw what she saw in her room. But then if she didn't really see what she saw in her room, she never would have gotten the book to know it's what she saw. And then Biff gets the sports almanac and all hell breaks loose in 1985. Anyway, really creepy, and thank you for sharing, Anka. Now, taking a turn here, we've got a story from Michelle. You know, I'm not going to spoil it until the reveal, so enjoy. Um, so I dreamt a few years ago that um, I was having this... I don't know, I was in the woods in, in a cabin, and there were these um, almost, I want to say, evil Cabbage Patch dolls, like eight or ten of them. And I kept having this dream over and over again. They were, and they were for fun going and like dragging people out of the woods and like killing them and, you know, playing with their body parts. It was really fucked up and I didn't know why I was having this dream. And um, eventually, like the dream kept recurring and like different things would happen. But finally they like, there was one dream where they finally stopped. And that was because I thought maybe if I disguised myself, I happened to come across some clothes and like what, they were coming and I was trying to change really quickly. And then I guess um, they, they caught me in, in changing and then they laughed and just like ran away. And like that was the end of it. So this year actually, um, I was on Pinterest and I happened to be searching for some stuff. Um, my, my background is Filipino, so I was kind of looking into some Filipino folklore stuff and just trying to, to research some things. And I come across pictures of Tiana. And it's, um, it's a little Filipino vampire demon baby child. 
and it is exactly what I dreamt about years ago. I'd never heard of it before. I never saw it before. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, those are the things in my fucking dream. And that was my encounter, pretty much. Yeah. Now, immediately afterwards, Michelle remembered an extra little bit of information that kind of changes this entire story. Take a listen. I forgot almost the other clincher to this. is The, re- the way that you get rid of a Tianak is to take off your clothes. I thought it was because I was trying to disguise myself, but it was actually taking off the clothes. They think it's funny or something, and then they just disperse. So there you have it, an established creature from folklore, unbeknownst to Michelle, was apparently plaguing her dreams. Similar to that last story, where an entity was later defined as a depiction of a real person. But what gets me here is that it seems subconsciously that Michelle, in her dream state, knew exactly what the TNX kryptonite was, so to speak. Taking off your clothes. Of course, in her dream, she saw it as a random change of clothes, but... Somehow, in her mind, she knew that there was a connection there, perhaps. Very interesting set of coincidences, don't you think? Now, next up, we've got a story from Pete. Now, I want you guys to listen closely to this one. I'll tell you why afterwards. Uh, hi, my name is Pete. Um, actually, this, this happened um, when I was about 10. I was with a bunch of my friends. We were all hanging out at... Um, all hanging out at my buddy Jeff's house, and we're all just kind of like sitting around playing video games and stuff, and then it was like, all right, it's like two in the morning, our parents don't know, but we're like, all right, let's go to sleep now, and it was this weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it, because it was just so out there, like, there was like, you know, the little creeks and stuff, but then there was like these other weird things where like, like the, like you kept hearing windows break. It was very, like, we couldn't figure it out. And we were looking outside, and there was not a soul out there because it's in the middle of the suburbs, and pretty much everyone's, like, in their beds by, like, 9, 10 o'clock. So we couldn't figure it out. We thought it was, like, a dog or someone who was just, like, trying to play a prank. But it was, we were legitimately freaked out. Um, this would happen, um, like, every month. Like, we would, get like, get together on the same time, like, like in like I don't know like 20 what was this it's like toward the end of the like each month we'd all hang out and then this this would always happen it was very strange so pretty standard story right disembodied noises repetition your standard fare the reason I wanted to include this one is that when I got home I started going through the audio I heard something Now, granted, these interviews, uh, as you hear, are in a noisy bar. But I remember interviewing Pete. We were standing against a wall with a large mirror on it, and no one else was really around. However, what sounded like a voice right next to the microphone repeated a single hard consonant word over and over for a brief few seconds. Very, very short, actually. It sort of sounded to me like it was saying, Pete over and over again, kind of like peep, 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 peep. Now, going back now and playing through the audio, I hear nothing. This is where it used to be. It's like, all right, it's like two in the morning. Our parents don't know, but... So right before the, and our parents don't know. Now, I can say that I played this audio back on the device I initially listened to it on, and still nothing. So I wonder, what did I hear? 
Was it ever there? Can an EVP appear and then disappear on a recording device? That's a question that I would love to hear some of your opinions on, hopefully more educated than mine. How is it possible? So, dear listeners, this has been an experiment, so to speak. Let me know if you hear anything yourself while listening live or by streaming or through iTunes. Curiouser and curiouser. Now, next up on the docket is this one from Adam. Let's get right to it. So this story, is basically, uh, I grew up in the 70s, and I think this happened about 1976 or 77. And in my house, uh, we had a big, giant window that looked out onto a church. It doesn't matter that it was looked onto a church, but one day I'm looking out the window, and I swear to you, these three kids walked down the walked past, and they were all dressed up as vampires. And this kid had a cube in his hand, like a red cube, and he put the cube up to the window and, like, turned it around at me, and I looked at the cube, and he, they kept walking. And I swear, I have that memory. It's ingrained in my mind. I don't know if it was, I don't know what happened, what that was, but that's probably the weirdest thing that ever happened to me, I guess. That actually sounds very similar to the uh, the black-eyed kids scenario of these children acting very strange, starting in the late 90s, starting in the late 90s, and predating about 1996. So, did you happen to catch a look at what their eyes looked like? Uh, I, they did have, well, they had, like I said, like, vampire-y, like, faces, like, they makeup, and they had, like, dark circles around their, on their eyes, like, they had, like, dark makeup on their eyes. So we might have accidentally just tapped on the world's first black-eyed kid scenario. It's possible. It's happened to me, I'm telling you. Capes and a cube. Either that or huge fans of Hellraiser. <laughs> but, a little, but this was 1977 or 78 or 76. That was a long time ago. Predating Hellraiser, the Tesseract, and everything else. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I got to say, in the excitement of the evening, I got the year wrong. It was 1998 that the black-eyed kids first burst onto the scene, not 1996. It was that whole business, Brian Bethel and the message boards, something down in Texas. We had a whole episode devoted to it a while back, but I digress. Pretty cool story, another legend kind of made real. I don't think we've had an actual vampire account, so to speak even though it was what they looked like. But either way, good thing he didn't invite them in. Who knows if that red cube would have stained the carpets. But thank you very much, Adam, for sharing that with us. Moving on here to a story from Maggie. Uh, My ghost story is that one of the roommates who used to live at my apartment would often come into the apartment and the toilet paper would be all rolled out on the floor for no reason. And one day she came home very late at night and kicked a pair of shoes across the room. And she decided to watch TV and heard some shuffling noise. And when she looked back at the shoes she had kicked across the room, they were perfectly straight next to each other, aligned on the wall. And she freaked out and ran into a room and didn't come out. (laughs) Did anything happen after that? Uh, Nothing after that. We actually think the spirit might have been a dog. A very OCD dog. Needs everything at 90-degree angles. I always thought that cats were the the natural predator of toilet paper rolls, but, hey, could go either way. 
So thank you, Maggie, for sharing that. We don't often get hauntings that are believed to be animals, so that's a treat. Now we're going to wind things down here with another story from Josh, who we heard at the top of the show. He, he was accounting a uh, sort of follow-up to a story we had, but now let's hear his story. All right, so the year was 2002. Uh, I was living in Dublin, Ireland. For uh, I was serving a mission for the LDS Church. Uh, and at the time I was there, I was working with uh, uh, my mission companion, and we were living in a flat in Dublin City Center, Mountjoy Square. Um, the flat consisted of you'd, you'd walk in the, in the apartment, and there was like kind of a living room area, and then you would go up a set of stairs, and there was a little loft area. It was a small loft. And in Dublin, a lot of the homes have uh, out, uh, heaters that are outside of the walls. They're not in the walls. Like, you know, they heat, it's like big metal uh, like pipes that were, they heat the house that way with, with a lot of like heater. And we also had um, electrical plug-in heaters with those wire coils. Well, um, anyway, one night we had come in, and we were getting ready for bed, and uh, just normal, just, just the same as always. We had dinner. We kind of talked about what we were going to do the next day, um, and then we got ready for bed. Brush our teeth, blah, 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 said our prayers, did all the you know, good stuff LDS missionaries do when before they go to bed. Um, and then, so I laid down, to lay down, and I was laying there for about probably 10 or 15 minutes, and I got the biggest, like, jolt to me, like, to my, in my head that was like, you need to go downstairs and check the heater, and I was like, that's weird, I was like, I don't, I'm very comfortable, I have no desire to go downstairs and check the heater, so I kind of went back, I laid my head back down, and, I went, and then again, go check that heater, and so I thought, well, that's stupid. I was like, the heater's fine. Like, we, it's, you know, it's plugged in and, or whatever. So we went downstairs. Because the thing is, is it's difficult to get downstairs. You have to crawl down these stairs and stuff like that, this ladder sort of thing. So we went down. I went down the stairs. Uh, my mission companion was still asleep. I went downstairs, and I was like, all right. So I looked at the heater. My companion, unbeknownst to me, I hadn't even seen this, had set his bag literally up against the heater and the wire coils. And it was literally almost, like, about to... It was so hot, I couldn't touch it. I had to, like, throw it aside. But the funny thing was, is that heater was right next to the door, which was the only exit in the apartment. So we easily could have started a major fire. Now, had, would, the, would the fire have, like, broken out before we would have known? Possibly, because, again, it was right underneath us, so we wouldn't have seen the fire, and we were about to go to sleep. So who knows how long that would have taken. So, but I, it was one of the weirdest things in my life because I do remember specifically having a very strange, like, just a permanent, like, you need to go check that right now. I ignored it, and I, it came to me again, like, you got to go check. There was no smell, there wasn't smoke or anything like that, but it just, it could have easily burst into a fire. So, that was a very odd moment I had um, serving in, in Ireland as a missionary, but it was, it was one that kind of stuck with me that maybe there, maybe there are things, there, you know, something's looking out for us. Uh, keeping keeping an eye on us, making sure we're we're doing okay. Uh, but it, it was for me anyway. It was a very interesting experience. Yeah, yeah. I like that we're ending on an uplifting story here. Who knows what exactly happened there in Ireland? Did Josh have a premonition himself of a possible future, or was there something more protecting him? Interesting that he was on a mission, so to speak, too. But before I get into quoting Blues Brothers too much. Let's wind things down here with tonight's final thought.
We all have strange stories, tales of a bizarre nature that happen to us or to those in our family or our friends that get passed down and told and retold. With so many unexplained occurrences, it's hard not to want to put the pieces together and deem exactly what the cause was. In some of tonight's stories, we had some strange correlations with folklore or odd coincidences, if you believe in those, eerie encounters and actual tangible threats being thwarted without concrete explanation, like that last story. My point is this. You could use these things to prove, so to speak, your idea of what may be causing these phenomena. But as I always do in the show, I urge you to keep an open mind before cementing your opinion. There's no denying, however, that there's something more than what we experience with our senses. Well, the ones we know about anyway. And with that, I want to say thank you to Trash80 for our uh, intro and outro music. Next week, we continue business as usual with a new news episode. Most importantly, a huge thank you to everyone who contributed to the show for this week's episode, sharing your stories, uh, the People's Improv Theater for letting us have that live show last week. Hopefully, let's do it again sometime, uh, giving that show a home. It was a blast. And finally, as you know, we're also distributed through the Paranormal A Radio Network up in Canada, Terry Koenig, a couple shows I'm on there. And through them, Think Geek is back, sponsoring the entire network now. So click their sponsor uh, on the page paranormalaradionetwork.wordpress.com. There's links everywhere on the page. And click the sponsor page to check out some great offers from Think Geek. I'll say there's a, a, a Mega Man gun I think they have on sale now and some kind of Valentine's Day special. So check that out. Once again, thank you to everyone here and everyone out there. This has been The Invisible World. I'm Frank Tadaro reminding you to be good to each other and keep looking forward. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.